Level Up Latina partners with working women and mamas alike to guide them in achieving fulfilling career and life goals through financial empowerment, professional or leadership coaching, and personal wellness. Find the unique coaching you need to succeed. You're listening to Vero, Ceci, and Irene, and we are Level Up Latina. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Level Up Latina podcast. This is episode 62, and we have a very special guest. We have Our guest is Dr. Erika Montes, and she is with us all the way from Texas. This is our second Latina we have on here all the way from Texas, just putting it down for us out there. Dr. Montes is a board-certified OBGYN and is the creator of the Modern Mujer, a women's health blog. When it comes to women's health, there are so many topics to cover, but we are ready to delve into some of these today. We are excited to have you, Doctora Montes, because as Latinas, it is important to level up our health. So thanks for being with us today. Thank you, ladies, so much. I really appreciate you inviting me on to your amazing podcast. Thank you. It's going to be awesome. I know we have we have a lot of questions for you, and we are really excited to just really get to know you and know how this idea of you becoming this doctor, helping our community came from. So tell us a little bit about your background and your upbringing. Yeah, thank you. My family's from Mexico, but I'm actually a third generation. We really didn't speak Spanish at home, but I would go to El Paso every summer. And so I kind of kept my Spanish up talking to my grandma and my grandpa. So that was good. I grew up in Dallas, but I was born in El Paso. And basically, um, I my sister had a surgery on her ear. She had multiple surgeries because she was born with an ear that wasn't completely formed. I just kind of saw that and my family was involved in that medical treatment, of course. And and so I became interested in thinking about medicine and and that's kind of where that idea started. And then basically when I was going to college, I went to the University of Texas at Austin. It's the biggest college in Texas. Basically, I got scared and I just was like, I don't think I can be a doctor. You know, I don't know anyone who's a doctor. I don't have anyone to talk to. I think I'm just going to do nursing. And so I went in as pre-nursing. I started doing the classes and it was it was okay. You know, I just I just didn't really feel like a connection, though, with what I was learning. And so I remember sitting on the steps of my dorm room outside and I was talking to my Thea on the phone and I was like, Thea, I don't know what to do. I don't want to be, I don't want to be a nurse. And she's like, well, you told me you want to be a doctor. Yeah, that's <laughs> why you don't want to be a nurse. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, but I don't think I can do it. And she's like, just, just go, just go talk to your counselor and see what, see what you can do. And, and it was basically, it was, it, you know, that, that was, it was history from there. Sometimes we need that person to just give us a little kick, you know, where it's right. like, no, you say you were going to do it, go for it. Because there's times that that other person can see that potential. And they know it, you know, they're like, no, 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 you don't start crying on me on the phone, honey girl, you're going to go and get it done. You know? <laughs> exactly, exactly. So you mentioned that it was it was the influence because your sister had the surgeries and it kind of brought your whole family into the whole medical attention for her. Right. Were your parents, some of those parents that were very much like, okay, you're going to go to school, go to school no matter what. And they really didn't push you towards a specific discipline. Yeah. You know, they, they did. Yeah. They didn't push me towards a specific discipline. I mean, I feel like they were just, you know, trying to focus and, and make it known that of course education was important, but they were happy with whatever I chose. And when I changed my major, they were excited for me. I think I talked to my Thea more about every, everything than my parents, just because I had a you know a little bit stronger relationship with her. But yeah, they definitely, you know, pushed education and made it, you know, one of those things where you want to 
focus on that and forget about, you know, they weren't like the, the Latina moms that are like, Hey, it's time to have babies and all that stuff. So that was, that was good. <laughs> good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're like, cause now you got it handled though. No, it's uh, for any of our listeners out there. I know that a lot of people think, Oh, you guys are a mom podcast only. But in this case, you mentioned that your tia was someone that really you looked up to and listened to and kind of right. gave you great, great advice. So for some of you out there that are not moms and are the tias, remember that you too <laughs> are the ones to give those advice. So make sure you, you you step into your families, your nieces and nephews' lives and give them that other perspective that sometimes their parents can't. Exactly. So where do you currently work in practice? I'm actually in Phoenix in Arizona. So ah, yeah. Okay. So my husband is a physician too. And he he Ooh. is not an OBGYN though. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Everyone asked him, are you an OBGYN? And he's like, hell no. And I'm like, Ooh, no. <laughs> so um, he does, he does pain. So he, which I say hell no for me to do because that I could never see myself doing that. But he does like procedures on people's backs and, and things like that. But um, he's, he's actually from California. He, his family's like by from uh, Fresno area, central California. And so we were deciding like, should we stay in Texas? Cause he did his training in Texas too, or should we, that's where we met or should we go to California? And we just basically split the difference. We're like, you know what, let's try something new. Let's just, let's just see what, how we like it. And, and so, you know, we didn't have children at that point. So we just moved to Arizona and we love it. We've already been here for going on about eight years now. So you guys definitely like it if you've been there for yeah. eight years. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we have our roots here now and we're here to stay. So I think we're just going to we're going to be here for forever now. So tell me a little more as to what guided you towards the OBGYN, that specific practice. You mentioned you're like yeah. your husband isn't, you know, so I guess it's not for everyone. You know, right. how did you end up practicing? Thank you. I did get to shadow one doctor when I was in high school and it was like by luck, like randomly. It was actually a male, though, a male physician who was a, a Mexicano and he was really cool. And um, he was an OBGYN. And so I didn't, you know, I had no idea what I wanted to do. I thought I wanted to be a cardiologist. And now I think about that. And I'm like, yeah, right. I could never see myself doing that. <laughs> but pe but in med school, people have certain personalities. Like, if you like, once you get to know someone, you're like, oh, she's going to be a internal medicine doctor, or she's going to be an OBGYN, or he's going to be a general surgeon or whatever, because you just kind of fit, you just have that like, personality, and you kind of fit the mold of that. So I think everyone kind of pinned me for an OBGYN too, just because of my personality. But I went to see my first delivery with him when I was like in high school, like high school to college, summer, summertime. And I just was blown away. I was like, this is amazing. I love this. I want to do this. And that's kind of where that little seed was planted in for OBGYN. And how was the process? How was med school and studying that? I know we've had a lot of young Latinas reaching out saying, you know, well, I'm the only one that's, you know, right. school and medical school. And they're the only ones there that look like them, you could say. Yeah. So give us a little bit of that. So when I transitioned from pre pre nursing to to pre med, I, you know, I thankfully did have the support of the counselor that I went to. And, you know, they said, Okay, well, if you want to graduate in four years, let's switch you to a biology major. And we kind of figured everything out. I had to take some classes in the summer, I had a scholarship from UT Austin. So I got really lucky with being able to since it's the biggest university in Texas, you know, all the classes or the good teachers get booked up when you're registering for classes. So I was able to get like the really good classes, the good teachers. And so I didn't have too much too many problems when I was doing my studies during college. 
And in Texas, there's a system where you basically apply to like five or six med schools. So you apply and then you enter, if they invite you to interview, you, you go and you're able to kind of do like a matching process. And so med school, going into med school, I got into the University of Texas Health Science Center in San Antonio, which was, you know, I didn't think, I didn't see myself going there. I was wanting to go to the one in Dallas because that's where my family lives. But I ended up getting in in San Antonio and it ended up being a really good fit for me. And yeah, I mean, there, I would say maybe 10% of us were Latinos, more women than men. Because I didn't know anyone who had gone, who had done the whole process, I was, you know, I had to kind of figure it out on my own. But in med school, though, there wasn't, you know, I we didn't really see race as an issue. But ultimately, looking back, I realized that I was one of the few Latinas in the class. And, you know, I'm just I'm grateful that I was able to be a part of that class and and be a part of being able to get my education. It was it was really, really you know, exciting. But to go from graduating from high school, ladies who are listening, graduating from high school to actually practicing as a doctor, it takes 12 years. Wow. Keep that in mind. <laughs> that part, that part. Yeah, like, way to go. So many anything. years. Yeah. You did not give up. I mean, no. that's incredible. We can't, I'm glad that you've mentioned that you can't lose sight of the fact that it can be done and you have to have stamina right persistence and a willingness to just keep going congratulations to you thanks irene yeah it's it's one of those things where you know you you just have to you have to look at the bigger picture because you know how people want instant gratification you know it's like i just want to graduate i just want money i just want this i just want that but in order if you want to go into medicine you you have to you have to look at the long-term plan and the long-term goal. Cause if you're instant, you just want instant gratification is it, you're, it's not going to happen because it takes forever. <laughs> okay. Thanks for letting everyone out there know that. Yeah. Thank you. But everything that's worth it is doesn't come easy. Right. So exactly. Put in the work you're doing it, women. Exactly. So if you, if you're not down, then you're going to end up just being one of those party people that dress up as doc <laughs> makes stuff in. Cause you can get that job real fast. <laughs> Otherwise, you're not a real doctor. <laughs> or, you know, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Crazy <laughs> girls. I eat in it. <laughs> yeah, is that exactly. cartoon even relevant? Yeah, is that yeah. cartoon relevant? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it totally is, you know? <laughs> so then tell us a little bit of how this your experience has uh, guided you to start your platform. Yeah. Um, and why was it important to you to create The Modern Mujer? Thank you, Vero. So I... One night when I was, when I had my third son, um, or it was like one of the night, like couple weeks into having him, you know how you're up at night, you're feeding them, you're, you look crazy, you're all tired. And I just, oh <laughs> there yeah. you go. And yeah. I just basically, I don't know, like a vision came to me and my like lack of sleep, I guess. I don't know. And I just was like, you know what? I know so much now, like from the time I started being, you know, as a physician, I, and you know, till now, and I have three children, I've seen so much, I know so much more. I'm like, I need to do something to help women just learn about their health and know that it's 
from coming from me, it's evidence-based. It's not like Dr. Google telling you like you have herpes, even though you really don't, you know. <laughs> That's the word. Uh, yeah. I'm going to speak for us. I think we've all been there. Yes. <laughs> yes. I have a whole episode where I was having a nervous breakdown because I thought I was like going into like pre-menopause early. And like, oh, God. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh, Dr. Google. Exactly. I'm like, that fool doesn't know shit. You know what I mean? I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had to I had to throw that out there. Tell it like it is. Tell it like it is. Yeah, I had to, honey. I had to. So I was just like, you know, I I just and then I was like, well, what do I call it? You know, I want it to be bilingual. I want to kind of p- do a spin on on the name, you know, like kind of some something that, you know, is catchy and it kind of shows it's in English and in Spanish. And and then ultimately that's how the modern mujer was created. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you for that. Thank we you. need it. Now that now that when I found your page, I'm like, okay, what can I go on here? And I really like looking at your pages and I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> look at her. She's not wearing that lab coat, that white coat. She has this really unique your uniform is amazing, girl. <laughs> it's so I'm like Thanks, and buddy. it looks like it's denim. I'm like psh- fashionista doctor you can check <laughs> me out anytime you know? Aww, you're so I sweet, was literally i was thinking the same thing i was like i'm okay in texas i wanted her to be in southern california she'd be my doctor but Aww, um honey. just talking to you oh my god if every doctor could be this way like i haven't had the best experiences of my uh labors and deliveries and whatnot but yeah and also growing up latina my mom was not all about go get your lady parts checked out it was yes. like that it wasn't yes. there definitely wasn't a conversation about an annual pap smear i guess before it was annual now it's not but Right. There wasn't these conversations and it was all about having your babies. Nothing else was really discussed. You right. kind of used the medios or you figured it out or there was no even Dr. Google. So in my upbringing, you know, first gen and the girls are first gen as well. It was an interesting kind of navigating wanting medical care. I mean, li- literally my medical care growing up was going to the dentist in TJ. That was the end of it. Oh, my goodness. That, that was everything else. My mama me iba a curar con un curandero. Me iban a salvar. Like, girl, I better not have. Ba- like, Bapuru and, and yes. uh, Tele Manzanilla, honey. That's what yes. it is. Yeah. Yes. Like, and everything was your empachada. Yes. <laughs> like, I might have, like, an ovarian cyst situation, but it's aire. Like, okay. All right. Yeah. We don't go. We don't go that far. Um, yeah, exactly. And I know it's. It's funny and it seems silly, but I feel like some of our listeners can relate to that. Like, yeah. That you have this idea of a medical doctor being something so out of your reach and norm. Right. So I just love that you're in the field, that you can look like your clients, if yeah. it's a client like us, and just feel comfortable. And I love that Modern Mujer has got the bilingual twist to it. I do love that. But going back to just the Latino yeah. culture and health. Uh, this whole pap smear thing. Tell us about the importance of doing that so we don't just gloss over it as something we didn't do as young adults. Yeah, sure. So I think I think a lot of women, especially if if they can't relate to that to the doctor, you know, you you think of a a doctor as an old white guy, and you're like, I don't want him to see my vagina, you know? Yes, that's exactly (laughs) how I felt. (laughs) Exactly. So you know, I think I think when it comes to going to see a a gynecologist, you know, we I always want to tell ladies and you know, mujeres to remember that you know we're not you know, as professionals, we're not judging you. We're not, we don't care what your hair situation is. (laughs) Thank you for saying that. That's an important detail. That's an important detail. We you don't, don't need to groom. It ain't yep. boo. You ain't on a date. You didn't meet the doctor. Thank you. Like, Thank you. Exactly. You <laughs> exactly. Thank you. 
Um, you know, we don't care what your, you know, sexual history is. I don't care if you are a virgin or if you had, you know, 10 partners. I don't, I don't care about that. I'm trying to figure out the answer so I can care for you better. We're not going to be judging your pregnancy history. If you had an abortion, this and that it's your decision. It's what it's your life. You got to do what's right for you. That's okay. And most of all, remember, we're not judging your questions. We're here as educators to help you. You know, you have that one little thing in the back of your mind that you don't want to ask because you're embarrassed. Who cares? Just ask me. I've, I've probably heard it before or something, maybe what you would consider worse than what you just asked me. So it's fine. But yes, I think if you get past that, realizing that we're not judging you and we don't care about those things I just mentioned, you know, pap smears are important. I mean, I literally just diagnosed a girl who is 31 with can cervical cancer this week. Oh my gosh. Yes. Oh my gosh. Like literally yesterday. And so I, wow. yes. So I want to tell all the mujeres that are listening out there, you know, she hadn't had a pap smear in 10 years, ladies. Oh my wow. God. And I, and I don't know why, like I, yeah. I, she just didn't come, you know, she thought I feel good. I, I don't have any bleeding issues. I don't have any problems. I don't have history. And remember, cervical cancer is not genetic. Okay. Most of cervical cancer is caused by the virus called the human papillomavirus, which is HPV. And so, you know, it's, it's not a genetic thing. So even if your tia and your mom and your abuelita didn't have cervical cancer, that doesn't mean you can't get cervical cancer. But the main thing to know about pap smears is the new guidelines that came out within the last, you know, less than 10 years basically state we do start routine pap smear screenings at age 21, whether you, or not you've had intercourse. The reasoning behind that is because young women who are in their teens, you know, tend to tend to be, you know, potentially have a cut, you know, a few partners but their immune systems are very good at clearing this HPV virus. So instead of starting to screen women before the age of 21, when we're, when they're likely to have an, an abnormal pap, um, we wait because there's a chance that your pap smear, that HPV virus will clear your system and your pap smear will actually be normal. And we don't want to do extra tests and extra procedures that potentially could hurt your future fertility when having babies at on a young girl, which has happened many, many times before we change this, these guidelines. And so that's why we start at 21. And as far as women who are, be are between 21 and 30, we do recommend to do it at least every three years is what we're looking at. It says, um, we do not test for HPV between 21 and 30 because of that high prevalence in that age group. And like I mentioned before, it likely will clear. So we're not, we're just kind of not checking for that at this point. But then from age 30 until 65 to 70, depending on your history and your willingness of what you would like, we do still are checking. The guidelines say every five years, I still do every three, but we check for HPV between 30 and 65. And if you want, I tell my patients, if you want a pap smear every year, I'll do it. The reason we don't do a pap smear every year anymore is because there can be a lot of false positives, meaning it can say it's abnormal, but it's not, it's really not. And then, and then we start going down this rabbit hole of like 
colposcopy here, surgery there, and then it ends up being where you're going to have a normal pap smear anyway, and everything we just did was a waste. And also, it's important, you know, basically to remember that nowadays, now that we have the vaccine, which is the HPV or Gardasil vaccine, girls are getting it before they become sexually active. And so that's helping to decrease the risk of abnormal PAPs early in life. And they, in the last, I want to say, in the last year, the FDA just approved for the HPV vaccines to be given through age 45. And even if you've had an abnormal pap smear, let's say you're 35 and you've been dealing with abnormal pap smears, lady, you better get your HPV vaccines. It's three vaccines over six months, and it can help you to clear that virus a a little quicker. That's great information. I feel like growing up, I always thought as, you know, the pap smear for like mujeres casadas, because that's what my mom mm-hmm. said, right? And like, eso nomás para las mujeres casadas, and you only go see a gynecologist if you're married and you're sexually active. So for the longest time in my early 20s, I want to say I was 25 when I got my first pap smear and I was like nervous because yeah. I didn't want, and I, I think I hit, like I didn't tell my mom where I was going cause I didn't want, and this was like post-college. I didn't want her to find out that I was going to go see a doctor. Yeah. And so, and mind you at that point, I think I had already gotten the, the vaccines, they were available, but still it was like a hidden thing. I didn't want her to know and find out. And, and wow. I mean, mind you, I was sexually active already, but, but it, I just, I always thought that like, oh, las mujeres casadas. So it's like such a taboo. No, it's it's tragic. My mom would tell me that tampons were for mujeres casadas. Yes. I try to, to swim with a maxi pad and I'm saying things. <laughs> <laughs> it even about doctors. Like, can you let me go to camp? Oh my can I go God. to camp without having a pad like bulging out of the back of my booty? Because mujeres casadas wore tampons and mujeres casadas went to the doctor. Yes, exactly. Such a sad myth. Right. So you have just bunked a lot of myths. And I really found this so useful and such good information. Our listeners can get inspired and run out and get their pap smear. You said if you want it every year, girl, we'll do it. Yeah. If not, you know, stick to the guidelines, but definitely be informed and do not give up on you. Don't go 10 years without seeing a doctor thinking you're okay, because that's the worst when suddenly something goes wrong. And then you think, well, now I need to see a doctor like that preventative constant care. Dr. Montes made a, made a very good point where she was like, they're young, you feel healthy, you don't want to go. Mm-hmm. I can recall a time in my life when I was just fresh out of college. I got I got a great, a great job. I had health insurance and I don't think I ever went mm-hmm. to the doctor really for checkups. I didn't use it often at all. And it was after it was after I stopped working at that job for I had been there for six straight years and I no longer had health insurance that I ended up having a health problem. Mm-hmm. That's when I had they found that I had WPW. Now it wasn't my cosita oh. down there issues, but it was right. something where like, if I would have gotten checked, if I would have got checked, I could have avoided that. So now here I'm going through this process being uninsured and not knowing how to handle it. Wow. And so it's, it's for the women out there that feel healthy, still go. Yes, so I'm glad you, you mentioned that in your story. Please just go make use of your health insurance, even if you f- feel healthy in a hundred percent, because you never know. Exactly. And it's another thing. Moms, you know, our, our Latino families are like, oh, if you don't go to a doctor, you don't find out you're sick. You know, you're okay. Yeah, exactly. Yes, that's good. I'm like, no. They're like, Agua bendita, agua bendita. Yeah, that's and then, all. you know, you're, you're sage and your palo santo. You know? Exactly. Dr. Jesus is going to fix me. By the way, WPW is Wolf 
Parkinson White, White syndrome. syndrome. Right. Okay. You got it. So people are wondering, like, Vettel said her rap name. I had WPW. I was like, like hey. Yeah. <laughs> she said it all hip. I was like, what is that exactly? But it, no, it's, not, it's, a, it's a serious thing. It was a serious, it was a serious heart condition. Right. Yes. Exactly. And I wanted to be clear about that. Yes. So any part of your body is important. And my tip of the day is take care of every part of your body. Tell us about the prevention, how to take care of our beautiful vaginas. We're going to say vagina on this episode and we're going to own it. And our tip of the day is to own it and take care of those pretty vaginas. So tell us how to take care of them. Thank you. Let me just mention really quickly before we talk about our vaginas that prevention is key. Okay. Like I, like we mentioned before, we have, you have, in order to be healthy, you have to, you want to prevent these, these conditions and these illnesses. And, and now that we, now in our modern day and age, we have the technology, we have the resources to do that. I mentioned the pap smears, that's for sure the one thing. And women at age 40, I want you to start getting your mammograms. Unless you have a family history, you wanna get a mammogram 10 years younger than the age of your family member's diagnosis. And one other tidbit for prevention is there is a genetic test out there that I perform routinely on my patients um, because I feel like it's important and I'm all about preventative measures. Depending on your family history, a lot of, I find like a lot of doctors don't really ask patients about their family history, but you know, history is what makes us us. And so it's important to really, really focus on taking the time to fill that form out. And even if your doctor doesn't ask you about it, you bring it up. Oh, hey, what do you think about my family, my mom's breast cancer? What do you think about my Thea's colon cancer? Bring it up. If they don't take action on it, find a doctor that will, because I have have diagnosed patients with, a bra with BRCA1 and BRCA2 gene, which is a serious um, genetic disorder that can increase your risk of breast cancer up to 80% and your risk of ovarian cancer up to uh, 60%. And even in Latinas, even in Latinas, it's not just a diagnosis of, of white women. I have two young, young patients of mine, 26 and 23, I wanna say, they're sisters, Latinas, and they have BRCA1 gene. So it's important to keep that family history, know that family history, make it, make a note of it at your physician's office and do and take action. If, if that's something that, you know, is important for, for your, your history. This is super empowering because prevention is key. And it's the thing we can be lazy about. It's the thing we can think it's never going to happen to me. You know, it's wishful thinking is the words that I'm trying to come to. So thank right. you so much for clarifying and bringing up the fact that this happens to anyone. It doesn't matter your history, because it may be something that you didn't expect. Your history does matter. So disclose, 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 disclose. And it doesn't matter your upbringing or I loved earlier, no shame, like how many sexual partners you have, if you're virgin, if you're not, like just put all that out of mind. What you think you know, you don't know and let a professional help you and guide you. So preventative care is critical. Thank you for making that time to say that to us. So yes. now back to our vaginas, girl. <laughs> so I want, so I love talking about vaginas. My Every time I say the word vagina, my husband's like, shut up. I'm like, hey. <laughs> that's my thing. Such that's a man. my thing. Yeah. <laughs> right. So I, you I, like stop. You know you like it. You know you like it. Exactly. <laughs> just to start off, I just want to tell all the ladies out there: you are not dirty. And the reason why I use that that phrase is because there's a billion dollar feminine hygiene industry out there that basically just uses our 
insecurities and misconceptions out there that we feed off of. And we're like, Oh, shoot, I smell I don't want to smell my my boyfriend's gonna smell me my husband's gonna think I I'm, I'm dirty, whatever. And you know, there the all you need to keep your vagina clean, ladies is a mild soap like dove and and water. That's it. There you go. That's, That's my soap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I always wash my colita, my colita yeah. with dove yeah. and water. I'm yeah. like, you don't need all these freaking douches, sprays, towel, you know, wipes, all these whatever the hecks they come up with to make suppositories, whatever the heck. You don't need all that. It's just plain and simple. Keep your vagina clean and and don't feed into those insecurities. I love that. I absolutely love that because I think that all those other chemicals are what's going to cause exactly. the problem. Yeah, here you are yes. feeling so self-conscious when truly just do what nature tells you to do. It's like anything. It's like, oh, just eat well. Just take care yeah. of yourself with what nature has provided. Yeah, exactly. Yes. It's and so definitely. funny because we talked about um, tampons and pads and this billion dollar industry for women. I recently just switched to 100% cotton pads. I'm not using tampons at the moment. I, I'm obviously for four months postpartum for my last baby it is such a difference on my coochie <laughs> it, is, it makes a difference on my coochie like I feel that sitting down more often because yeah it breathes and it doesn't get like ronchita sometimes yes. I have very sensitive skin yeah. and I've mentioned this before so anyone out there that is just debating between keeping on the the regular pads that you're using or going 100% cotton I live by them now. I don't care if they're, you know, if it's a pad and grandota chiquita, whatever it is. It is so comfy for your cooch. So try it. I would say try it. It's slightly more expensive, but you won't regret it. It'll be worth it. Exactly. Cotton, cotton, cotton is is exactly what women need. And like I said, just just keep it simple. Simple is beautiful. That's all. That's all we need to. You need oh, to know. I love that. I love yes. That. Oh, we could be best friends with Doctor. <laughs> I know. I'm like thinking of all you these things what? that I want to ask her, but we're gonna run <laughs> out of time. Stop splitting the difference and just come to California. I'll open. I'll open up a little clinic down there. I'll go like once a month or something. We'll see. There you go. <laughs> you, you, you've got three clients. Come on. There you yeah. Go. There you go. I know. I'm just. I'm sitting here thinking of things that I've experienced post motherhood and how. Like I want to ask you, but you know, again, we're running out of time, and we you, you've told us a lot. We've learned so much already in this. Like the last half hour already. So um, you gave us, you know, your background, you gave us great tips and I'm like ready to <laughs> take on and keep, keep on taking good care of my vagina. But anyway, you mentioned that you were an OBGYN already when you had your children. How was that? How was that experience? Yeah, that, thank you for asking me that. So, so when I went to med school and residency, which is the training that you need to do to be, to be your um, specialty, the career that you want, um, I didn't have children. So I couldn't, I, I couldn't really relate. Like I could, you know, I could say like, oh, I know like from the textbooks, this is, you know, this is what to expect. And I could kind of say so much, you know, to my patients. But then when I actually had my first son, I was like, okay, now I know I what's up. It. Now mm-hmm. I really know what's up because I can really tell them what, from my experience from my pregnancy experience, my labor experience, and even, you know, as a mom experience. And I think that's the that's the beauty of, of my career, because I can really, really 
you know, patients want to hear what happened to you. What did you do? And, and, and I like right. that. I, I'm, 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 li- I'm a little bit of a chismosa too. So I like to ask questions and I like right. to know like what happened yeah. to them and stuff. I had my, I did have my three kids, um, vaginal without epidurals. Wow. <laughs> hey, yep. And, and, you know, we talk about, about this and, you know, it, it doesn't matter if you end up doing it with, with, or without an epidural it doesn't make you, it does, you don't get a medal. You're not a better mom. You're not right. a better woman, a stronger woman because labor is labor. It's tough. It's hard. It doesn't matter. But you know, it, it is nice to just for my personal experience to know how it feels. So I can tell patients, you know, when that head is coming out, you want to yeah. die, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you want to stop pushing. Yeah, exactly. There, yeah. Can I exactly. keep pushing? What the hell? You're like, never mind. Go back in. Go back yeah, in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's exactly what it feels like. But um, I think, I think now that I've had that, that experience three times and, and, you know, this week, this month is um, national breastfeeding month. And so, you know, we, we, and even if you can't breastfeed, we, you know, you're still a good mom formula. I had to give my kids formula. There we go. Vero showing us her, yeah. her little, her little pump parts. Fed is best. Yes. It don't, it don't matter if you, if you're doing breast, you're doing bottle. I don't care. I just want you to feed your kids. So he, he or she can grow. That's it. That's all that matters. But, um, you know, just, you know, now that I've been through that, though, I can give my patients little tips like, hey, try this, do that. And so it's 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 just it's amazing to be able to talk to women and have fun at work, you know, just kind of like, yeah, you know, just have fun, talk, just something like this. You know, I don't always have time, of course, because I have a million people to see. But, you know, little things here and there makes it an amazing journey and an amazing uh, career of what I have here. So that's awesome. Yeah, I think you make the connection with your patients. So that's like, that's re- so rewarding. And they, right. they connect with you. And they see like, if you have Latina patients, they see like, oh, she's just like me, like she's she's experiencing similar things. So that's, that's amazing. Yeah, come, come to California, please. <laughs> <laughs> I will try. They're already trying to get me to go to Texas. And, and, and I'm just like, you guys, I, okay, cool. I'll try to do I'll try to be a tri city, um, tri state doctor. But I don't know if I can. We'll see my husband will probably won't let me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and speaking of, you know, your career and it's it's rewarding but i can also see how it could be so exhausting seeing all those patients how do you how do you balance your career and being a mom to three yeah thank you for asking that i think we all can use a little bit of um tips and and ideas when it comes to something like that you know i my i just i think when i had my first son leonel i i basically just told myself i i just have to ask for help i mean i can't i can't do this on my own I actually don't have family here. Like I told you all before, I'm from Texas, Nick's from California, and we kind of ended up here in Arizona on our own. So I actually had to build a tribe that I formed and I found in order to make it work. I mean, because it, it just, it was, it would be impossible. And, um, you know, I think in the end it comes down to trust, you know, you can't micromanage people because that's just going to stress you out. And that's just going to, you know, just, it's going to bring you down. I have two ladies that help me because when I'm on call, I need help during the day when I'm at work. And then I also need some help in the evening. 
And so I have a nanny that comes during the day. And then a, a, there's a program called uh, Au Pairs, which is basically a, a woman that can come from anywhere in the country. And we always have our, our Au Pairs who are Latinas and they're from Colombia. And they ba and they, they live with me. So she, not my I nanny, but I know. So my, uh, my Colombia Au Pair lives with me and she is amazing. And if I didn't have her, my husband and I probably would have already gotten divorced or something. I know. And <laughs> wow. I, I know. No, I love it because too, she's speaking Spanish. I imagine with the kids. They're and, bilingual I mean, lady. I mean, yeah. those boys are like, I mean, speaking to me in English and Spanish. I mean, I try to speak to them mainly in Spanish too anyway, but I mean, they're like amazing. I'm like, you guys know more words than me in Spanish. What the heck? <laughs> I love that. Love that. That's great. That's yeah. awesome. And, I, and, and you point out something that we like to talk about and we mentioned in prior episodes. Ask for help. Thank you. Like, it doesn't take much. Ask for help. So you, we've learned a lot with you. And one of, one of the last questions that we want to ask you is a question that we like to ask our, our guest is <laughs> what advice would you give 25 year old self? So that, I love that question because I, I was thinking about, you know, about it. And when I was 25, I was, I was finishing med school. So I was like in my last year of med school. And, um, you know, I had no idea how my life was going to play out. I didn't know my husband at this point. I didn't know where I was going to live. But one thing I would say for sure is <clears throat> that, you know, wherever we are in our career and, and, you know, wherever you are in your life, just always remember that you're believe that you're meant to be there. You know, the, it, this, this, this didn't happen just randomly or for some, you know, out of luck. I mean, you were put in your position where you're, where you are because you're meant to be there. And regardless if there aren't, uh, you know, as many people that don't look like you, there's not that many Latina physicians. There's, you know, less than, less than 5% of, of physicians in the U S or Latinos. I, I would tell myself, believe me, you're meant to be there. When I was a resident, I, um, I went to the largest residency program in the country and it's a very, very prestigious residency. When I got in, when I, I knew that I was meant to be there initially because they sent me like a little under the table note saying, hey, if you come, if you sign up to be with us, you're in. And I'm like, okay, because I, I rotated there and they liked me. And I, you know, I, I had, I, I always have like a good relationship with people and they knew that I was probably a strong candidate. So they chose me. But in the last year of residency, you they pick three chief residents. That means you're like the top residents of your program. And it's out of 20, total 80, but it's out of the, your top 20 in your last year. And everyone kept saying like, oh, you're going to you're it's going to be you, Erica. Like you're going to be one of them. And I'm like, no, I don't whatever. I don't think so. And then and in my head, the reason why I was saying no is because I was like, how are they going to pick a Latina? This is like a good old boy, you know, white boy kind of residency program. They're not going to pick me. The boys club. Exactly. Exactly. And, um, and I, and I, and I struggled with it. I was like, nah, no, nah, they're not going to pick me. And then the day they called me, I, I just, I was so surprised. I was, I was excited. I, I was so happy, but I just, I just, Bravo. yeah. So I just want everyone to, to just, you know, I just want all you ladies to just remember that believe that you're meant to be there. And it, I mean, and I, and I was, and I deserved it. And I, when I worked hard for it and, and so that's, you know, that's just something that I like to share. 
Exactly. You deserved it. You said that. You deserve that. So that's awesome. That's amazing. I'm I'm so happy to hear that. You, you talking about it gave me goosebumps. <laughs> like this is what this is what this podcast is all about. Like we want to empower women. We want to empower Latinas. If you're listening to this and you want to go to med school, reach out to Do Dr. Montes. Like you're listening to her. She has an ex amazing experience and she did it. She got to the top of her program and her residency. So Dr. Montes, we want to thank you for being here with us today. And we covered a lot, but there's so much more to cover. So we would love to have you in the future for another episode and perhaps talk about a little bit more topics involving women's health. Um, let us know how how can our listeners find you on social media? Sure. Thank you so much, honey. Um, you guys, you ladies can find me on um, on Facebook and on Instagram, but I'm a little bit more active on Instagram at the.modern.mujer. And then also my um, blog, I have a website, it's www.themodernmujer.com or in Spanish, uh, www.lamujermoderna.com. And so I'd love to hear from you all. And, and I hope you check out my page so you can learn a couple things. Yes, if you're listening to this episode and you want to hear more or keep the conversation going, let us know. Let us know what other topics you would like to hear covered by Dr. Montes in the future. We would love to hear from you. You know how to find us. Our handle is at Level Up Latina and our email is admin at levelablatina.com. And with that, that's that's a wrap. Thank you so much for being Thank here. You. Thank you. Such a pleasure. Love, yeah. love, love having She's you. She's like the prima that we have. Exactly. She's going to be my first on Instagram. I love it.